welcome to the Diet and Gone Bad podcast. I'm Shannon, I'm a registered associate nutritionist. And I'm Scarlett, I'm also a registered associate nutritionist. We are both freelance intuitive eating nutritionists here to help you break free from diet culture. We'll be talking all things anti-diet with a few snippets of other health and nutrition topics, helping you become your best self, free from food and body worries. Hello and welcome back to the Diet and Gone Bad podcast. Today we have a quick mini episode we're going to do for you and this is all about what intuitive eating is not. So what are we going to be talking about today Scarlett? Oh a whole load of things really. Basically we're just going to explain to you what what Shannon said, what intuitive eating is not because I think there is a lot of assumptions around intuitive eating um, and what it is and it's actually not as simple as what people think it is I think it's very complicated a lot more complicated than people think it seems really easy but actually when you get down to the nitty-gritty and actually start looking into it it's really not um very straightforward <laughs> so that's what we're going to be talking about today really hopefully quickly yeah hopefully quickly um because yes. we love to ramble um but this is going to be like one of our little mini episodes yeah, yeah. Mini chats. so I suppose the first we'll just like kick off with a few things and we can talk about them and then talk about more so yeah. the first thing intuitive eating is not which I hope everyone knows I'm sure you're aware intuitive eating is not a diet yeah that's like the main one I think that's the thing that I think people would get can get caught up on um <laughs> is that intuitive eating is like a way for you to lose weight or whatever it's really not the whole aim of intuitive eating is to forget about weight loss weight gain anything to do with body checking um really so it's not not a diet it's the complete opposite really I know um Caroline Dinner from the fuck it diet she speaks Mm. about how like years ago um like she doesn't brand herself as intuitive eating because when she was recovering from like chronic dieting she really struggled with not making intuitive eating into a diet so she would be like making it into like hunger fullness so she'd be Mm -hmm. like right I can only eat when I'm hungry yeah I'm at like a wheel and that's the only time I can eat and then I have to stop then when I'm at at eight yeah maybe it's just like her personal experience or maybe because she didn't work with like a one-on-one um like intuitive eating counsellor mm. um, but yeah people get caught up in it being a diet or stuff as well yeah yeah because like the things of intuitive eating like I always say to people well I always think like intuitive eating is literally just being aware of yourself and how you're feeling so like yeah. um if you know that you are stuffed but you want a piece of cake then it's saying to yourself okay I will let myself have this piece of cake even though I know I'm probably going to push myself over the edge but that's fine because it's what I want yeah it's kind of like I think I see I've actually heard a lot of people being like um okay so if there's cake at my office and I'm not hungry I'm not going to eat it but because it's kind of like how often is cake available really and if you feel like having it you you shouldn't yeah you should have it like if it's there's a difference between this is like something I can never have but I love it and I want to have it like birthday cake at office right mm. like um yeah yeah like it's just something like I think a lot of the time it, this when it comes to like hunger and fullness stuff I, def- I think it definitely does revolve around when it comes to having like something sweet 
like a lot of people if they'd like finished well I well this is obviously just me assuming for the majority of people I know this is the case Mm -hmm. with me I love sweet things and I cannot finish my day without eating something sweet just because it feels wrong (laughs) so even even if I'm like I'm not overly hungry I will still fancy that something sweet so I'll have something small and that normally satisfies it but if I want a whole piece of cake I'm gonna have a whole piece of cake even if I'm not that hungry or if I'm not hungry at all yeah it's like because um we know like um Giles you speaks about this like mm. um you know dessert I can't remember what he calls it like dessert stomach um, oh yes your, yeah. yes it's just like your your uh it's like all your food they have a separate stomach for desserts and that kind of feeds your soul rather than your than yourself and your body it feeds your soul I like yeah I know what you mean we we always say that there's always space for dessert no matter how full you are <laughs> yeah but then an intuitive eat and it's like you don't need to earn food you don't need to yeah doesn't need to be like a big deal Mm. also um, yeah you don't have to force like if you don't want that piece of cake you don't have to force yourself to eat it just because you think you should but then if but then if you do want it you you can have it even if you're full even if you're hungry it doesn't matter yeah it's kind of like even if you eat it even if you're not physically hungry and you're like right well I'm gonna eat this cake anyway because I I want to even though I know I'm physically full Mm. Even if you then eat it and you think, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. It's not a big deal. You, yeah. you move because an intuitive eating, you you build up your emotional toolkit so that if you, you know, get into your head about, oh, I ate this and I wasn't even hungry. Oh, you've got the skills to cope with it. Yeah. Which is the whole thing about intuitive eating. It's about coping with your emotions and your feelings. Mm. Yeah, definitely a lot more Yeah. Um, to it. Um, another thing yeah. that um, intuitive eating is not is that it is not a social media trend. Yeah, this is actually a really researched um, practice. It's like a therapeutic practice. It's, it has loads of research about it, and it's really old. It's like thirty years old. Did you say the other day? Or something? Yeah, it's, um, I think it was. I think it's at least twenty five years old. Yeah, um, I think it's made in nineteen ninety five. Actually, I can't really remember. But oh, um, so it's yeah, it's, yeah. So it's twenty five. Ish. yeah I think it might be a bit older I can't remember Soz um but <laughs> basically you know intuitive eating was made by um two U.S. dietitians who were working in um I can't remember actually and I should remember off the top of my head I can't remember if they were eating disorder dietitians working in private practice or if they were working in some other sort of thing but they kept having people coming in who were dealing with disordered eating and wanting to lose weight for years and years and it never worked. So then they looked to the evidence of weight loss and they saw weight loss isn't working. So why are we always recommending it? So then um, they developed this framework of intuitive eating, which is the 10 principles we have now and developed them into, um, you know, honoring your hunger and rejecting diet mentality. And it helped their clients, their patients. Mm. And then I think maybe 10 years later or something, I can't remember, but a researcher called Tracy Twykla, um, who's a like psychology researcher, mm. she used the book of intuitive eating to come up with the objective scale, the intuitive eating scale, oh, yes. which allows us to measure intuitive eating. Yeah. So then researchers could use intuitive eating as a framework for helping recover from disordered eating. So now we've got papers that can test you know how much of an intuitive eater someone is yeah and what they're eating and their mood and all this sort of stuff so it's basically intuitive eating is based on evidence mm-hmm. but 
also has evidence that came after it was developed if that makes sense yeah I guess it's like with all like research like it, it was a theory it was put into practice it then became a proper like therapeutic pra- practice and then research was yeah. made around it to see how sound and how solid it actually was and if it actually helped people um, yeah, which I it has. suppose what I said. Yeah, I suppose what I said was a long way to. Okay. Yeah, because I think some people think that intuitive eating is just something that someone on the internet made up one day. Yeah, that is like the. Yeah, I think because yeah, it's become, right? yeah, I think because it's become become so popular now, everyone thinks that it's just some random trend. Like it's just like something that someone's just said, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm intuitive eater," and then everyone's jumped on the bandwagon like yes and no yeah. like it's just become more popular but it, it is still an old theory just some people just might be taking it not the wrong way eh, kind of the wrong way they might be using <laughs> it as more of like a diet than um than actually yeah, doing the I work mean, yeah sense. I mean like I will admit when I first found intuitive eating like two years ago-ish mm. like when I first heard of it this is when I was um um this is between me this is like my gap year right between like my bsc and my msc so i wasn't in nutrition yet mm. but i was like very um kind of like reductionist nutritionist like okay i'm going to eat sweet potato because it has vitamin a if uh, you know what i mean right, yeah right so like it was like okay and i found intrusive to be and i was like oh this is cool but um you know i i want to lose weight or i don't want to do this um and then it wasn't until I was on my MSc that I was like, oh, wow, this is actually, like, really big deal. And when you start, like, reading around the topic and seeing, like, what it's all about, yeah. you realise, oh, wow, this is, like, a really cool thing and actually helps a lot of people and there's evidence, yeah. like, for it. I think it also helps that, like, well, I know in my MSc, I know you were saying the other day that yours was kind of similar. Um, in the way that they word things is very fatphobic. <laughs> um yeah. And like a lot of the things like you could be sitting there and just be like oh what what did you just say like why is this why has that been said like that like well I had a whole module on obesity and metabolism yeah um, and that was like a whole module and I was just like it was really interesting but it was very much like oh if you're fat then it's bad it's like oh, and I was sitting there like well they didn't say that it doesn't say that as such in my module but it was very much like that was kind of the vibe it gave off Okay, I'm just going to say straight up right now, mm-hmm. like, we know that body diversity exists. Yeah. So this is what pees me off. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, so everyone who's been a uni student studying dietetics or nutrition will rem- will know and they'll see- we'll see it all the time, mm. this thing, and it's like a, a, like a body, and it's like 60% of people are overweight or obese. Mm. And it's like, body diversity exists yeah right even if you want to take out the context that like it's even if you want to take it as it's not okay to be overweight which obviously it is and it's fine yeah. people do whatever they like it's not a big of a deal. An obligation yeah, exactly like but body diversity exists this is what i don't yeah. get i really like i'm speaking of something oh, i was gonna say there was i was no, um i just remember there was uh, a video that I watched called Poodle Science. Uh, I'm going to see if I can link it. We'll put it in the show notes for you guys to like oh, watch. Yeah, yeah. And it's basically talking about like how you wouldn't give a Chihuahua and a Great Dane the same diet. Mm-hmm. They're completely different things. And you have people, and like it's the same with people. You wouldn't give someone who's in a smaller body the same thing as someone who's in a bigger body. Um, and their makeup, their genetic makeup is different. 
like between like a chihuahua and a great dane and it's the same for people like you're gonna have people yep. who are not the same as a chihuahua not the same as a great dane but you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they're like they're genetically yep. different they're gonna need different things so you can't yeah you can't assume that everyone's gonna look like the chihuahua or if you feed them the same as the chihuahua they're all gonna look like a chihuahua like no they're just gonna be a very unhealthy very sick looking dog because they're not getting all that they need and that's the same for people really like we need yeah. like our bodies know what we need let your body eat and let your body do its thing it knows what it's doing we had this um there was this chart that i've seen and it was like um different um weights and um health um practices and it's like if someone who's in a thinner body and someone in a bigger body uh like does the same health practices like they um exercise and stuff they actually have the same mortality as each other they're not any different yeah I've seen this in Laura's book just eat it as well yeah and then it's the same as like if someone who and then I think it's like only like a really small difference if the health practices are like reversed where it's like someone again in a smaller body and a bigger body and um they both smoke and drink a lot and they like eat loads of junk uh wrong wording they eat loads of um quote like unquote gross... like play foods yep yeah play foods yeah so they eat loads of like um stuff like that um yeah they've got the same they've the person in the bigger body has only like a slight difference yep yeah, you're right. like it's not yeah. even like it's not that big of a difference between the mortality rate so it's like it doesn't matter what body you're in if as long as you're doing these health practices like you're moving your body in the way that you want you're eating um nutritious foods and foods that you enjoy and you're like eating a diet that you like and you'll just overall feel great then you're fine like you're going to be yeah. exactly the same as someone who's in a smaller body it's no different yeah but I'm people don't sure... see that <laughs> no they don't i'm pretty sure the four factors so i'll, I'll find the paper because this is based off a yeah. i think it's off a like i think i read this for something paper. else i read it and laura's just eat it yeah I I'll link it for you yeah we'll find the study and we'll uh, yeah I'll link it for you yeah um, that'd be great but um I think the four are like limiting alcohol which doesn't mean no alcohol but limiting alcohol mm. five portions of fruit and veg a day I think it I think it's moving regularly I can't remember if it's an objective measure yeah and then not smoking yeah um and it's really fascinating to see that all bodies are basically the same yeah like it's and it also yeah yeah sorry no you go you go <laughs> but I was just thinking it, it's also like leads back to the fact that like weight stigma mm. is a huge part in how people are affected and if if someone doesn't like themselves they're not going to take care of themselves yeah um which kind of takes us back to intuitive eating mm-hmm. right because we went off topic oh yeah again. completely yeah um <laughs> <laughs> but basically intuitive eating is about learning to like yourself again so that you eventually after you've gotten rid of all your diet mentality mm. you can get back to the point of taking care of yourselves yeah without it being about changing your body yeah so that's kind of I think why we're talking about this if you're um confused by <laughs> yeah. and then I think um this kind of like brings us to the point where it says like um well one you can't fail in intuitive eating that's impossible and yeah. two it's not one size fits all like yep. this is very much like you get out of intuitive eating what you put in um and everything is different depending on the person so the way that I do my intuitive eating is going to be different to the way that Shannon does hers and the yeah. things that I find difficult Shannon will be like well that's really easy 
Yep. I mean, I was just thinking um, the difference between our views to exercise. Oh, yeah. That's like different. a major big one. Yeah. Um, and how two people can be completely different in how they see yeah. um, different things in HHV in. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So it's not like that's why I think it's well we are biased because this is our job but we do think <laughs> that intuitive eating is one of those things that you can't do by yourself um just because mm-hmm. people, I mean <laughs> if you've listened to this whole thing then you'll know it's very complicated there's a lot more it's like well as we said there's so much more to it and for mm-hmm. someone to do this by themselves without any sort of support like man that's hard that's like just draining yeah. like to be able to like so you you need someone to kind of like structure things for you and can be like right okay this is what we're going to focus on now then that's all you have to worry about and you don't have to think like oh am I ready for the next bit because you have someone that tells you right okay we are ready to move on and then if you need to take a step back they'll then take you step a step back into a different um back into a different principle um yep yeah and and I'm sorry kind of (laughs) saying that (laughs) um it's not rigid like I think um because there's 10 principles i think people can think that this is like a 10 step program it's not um yeah you... i sorry no go sorry no you keep going oh, sorry. i was just gonna say it's like um people would think like i always start off with principle one um and for me principle one is the diet like the dieting mentality and getting rid of the dieting mentality um yeah but for someone else like i always start with principle one but for principle two um you might end up doing something different so I have set yeah. up, like I know you've set up, I know you're setting up a workbook at the minute. Um, I've set mm-hmm. my one up so like, yes, we will, like if possible, we will follow the principles and the way they've set out as much as possible in my workbook. But if I think someone needs little bits from everything else, then we'll scrap, I'll scrap that idea and kind of like pick things from everything from all the different sections and then kind of tell the person, yeah. right, okay, this is what I want you to do. Um. So it's not a rigid routine. It's not a 10-step plan. It is um, all of it in one. <laughs> if we could, really, yeah. what we would want to do is to is just to kind of, like, soak <laughs> someone in all the principles all at the same time so they know everything and then kind of, like, okay, cool. Like, you know what you need to do and you know you need to focus on all 10 of these principles all at the same time. Go do it. But that is not how that works. <laughs> yep. I was just thinking... Um so if someone say buys like the intuitive eating book mm. which is obviously amazing um I would recommend it um <clears throat> but like I think obviously what people do is they're reading through this intuitive eating book and they're like right okay just give me the magic spell at the end yeah. it gets to uh, principle 10 gentle nutrition and it's like they've kind of just rushed through this book because a book can take you you know like two days to read especially if it's something that you- you're like right I'm gonna fix my relationship to food mm-hmm. um and you can just rush through it and obviously there's loads of issues with saying oh you you need to see a nutritionist one-to-one because it's expensive yeah right? you could buy like you could buy like four books yeah the price of one session so obviously we're not saying oh you know if you don't see someone one-to-one you're not going to be able to do this yeah yeah that's not it but there's loads of free resources that you can get mm-hmm. on instagram from <sighs> people who you know people like um Laura Thomas and um Picks Nutrition yeah I don't know why I can't think of anyone else but like (laughs) yeah loads of people that you can go to that Mm. are doing this sort of stuff and will be really generous and give you information for free yeah and then maybe eventually you can seek out someone yeah as well um 
but yeah um because I see a lot of people saying also that intuitive eating is like once I've seen someone on Twitter um saying oh the thing with things like paleo keto veganism intuitive eating they're all mm-hmm. just diet none of them work and I was like hi intuitive eating <laughs> isn't a intuitive diet. eating isn't a diet it's not like any- veganism also isn't a diet, a diet. Yeah. Um, you know but and and he's like oh well they've all got rules but intuitive eating doesn't have rules it's got principles a framework and yeah it's important to have a framework when it's important to have like a, a sort of set thing you're going through when you're recovering from chronic dieting mm. because if you don't have that you're kind of just stuck peeing in the wind yeah sort of you know yeah I agree yeah and also can I just say well I don't like the keto diet as a diet in itself but the keto diet was made for people who have epilepsy yeah I mean it wasn't made for you to lose weight I'm sorry if anyone like if you enjoy eating keto you enjoy eating high fat fair dues but it wasn't made for you to help to help you lose weight it was made for people who have epilepsy so like yep and the same with uh same with like veganism veganism isn't a diet it's kind of like a way of life like yeah, ve- totally. yeah veganism is like a whole lifestyle it's not just you don't eat plant-based food it's like you eat oh no you don't eat animal products sorry you like you, veganism is you don't eat animal products you don't wear leather you don't like you're like it's very it's much, very much more of like a sustainable um focused yeah. life style we'll have we'll have a whole other episode on veganism probably um, well veganism loads of other things yep. different diets probably because we could probably talk oh, yeah, about this all day <laughs> we are we're yappy um if anyone oh i'm sure everyone realizes how yappy we are by this point i mean we're already on nearly 25 minutes <laughs> oh god don't is, we were hoping okay. to use like a 15 minute chat so anyway just to finish up so that we can do this quickly yep. and we don't like go on for another like 20 minutes um intuitive yep. eating is um relearning what you already know because we've been taught to not trust our bodies and to not trust um what our body needs and like to listen to it so intrusive eating isn't like um what's the word rules it isn't rules it isn't like it, it well basically it is learning intrusive eating is learning and relearning what we already know and what our body or- already innately does um, and just learning how to trust that yeah. again. Um, because like we said probably in another episode, um, is that we are taught oh, I think I said this on the IG on our IG live I had the other day. Um ah. we're taught to like from a young age to not listen to our body because you're taught to finish your plate, even if you're full. Yeah. And you're not allowed to leave the yeah. table until you finished. So we're taught at a young age to push through our, our hunger and fullness signals, even if we know when like we're done. Because that's just what yeah. you're taught as a because as you're as a parent, you don't want your child to starve and you want to make sure that they've got enough nutrients, which is completely fair. But um, your mm-hmm. child, like, just I say to people, well, this could probably be another topic. Probably find someone um, who does um, child intuitive eating um, with parents. Yeah. That I think that'd be good. But we can um, intuitive like you, your kids are intuitive eaters, um, mm-hmm. like when they're really young um maybe I think maybe from the age of like four or five they kind of start to learn to not be anymore because you're kind of teaching them 
um, to push through those signals. It's not a bad thing. It's just what we're conditioned to do. So don't feel guilty for doing this because it's not anything to feel guilty about. It's just society. Yeah. Um, but your kids are intrusive eaters. Just make sure you have snacks around and have food around available to them and they'll eat when they want. Um, yeah. But we'll get someone involved if you can. Yeah, we'll do a whole thing on this. this yeah. is, um, if anyone wants to like research it, it's like the division of responsibility mm. um, would be kind of framework that you would use to feed kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, what was I thinking? Oh, so basically, maybe if you think about someone you know who is an intuitive eater, mm. so someone who, like, I always think of my partner who he is um, an intuitive eater, um, and I know this because I've done like assessments on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've known him for like ten years, so I know he is, and you know he he sees diet in and diet talk, and he thinks oh that is strange I've never even thought about that and when I tell him things and tell him about things I've seen and things I've heard he's like I don't understand why would you ever think why would you do that yeah Yeah, um so if you think about an intuitive eater that you know that is kind of the goal with intuitive eating and the goal is to not think about food anymore it's basically if you're someone who's struggling with chronic dieting we get you yeah like this isn't like oh get over it like we're here to like help you mm-hmm. and like intuitive eating is there to help you yeah like I mean we've probably because both we're... had our own struggles with food and with dieting and stuff so we know how hard it is to like get out of that mindset so we're not here to judge you yeah. we know what it's like mm-hmm. um but yeah you can do it we got this it's cool yeah because like intuitive eating is more the end goal is not to think about what you're eating or food and it's just to be free cool yeah exactly cool as a cucumber yeah. yeah so I think overall if you think about what intuitive is not intuitive eating is not about food yeah it's yeah not. I think that's the TLDR intuitive eating yeah. not about food it's about everything else but food you kind of deal with the food at the very end once you've gotten over everything else and you've dealt with everything else that's when you yeah. think about food well, yeah. yeah we're more talking about food in like an abstract term like we're talking about food rules and we're talking about stuff from your childhood and we're talking about emotional um, eating and yeah uh, things you do to control your food yeah. and ways that you're manipulating your mind to like different foods and things as well it's a whole yeah. massive thing mm-hmm. it's so yeah basically um oh also yes. be wary of mindful eating um, because mindful eating is not intuitive eating also which we can do a whole Ooh, other episode I would never think that because I would I'm I like mindfulness so I wouldn't ever think I guess oh no I see your point now yes I agree oh you know what yeah, I'm talking about yeah getcha getcha I know what you mean which is the thing that is basically hunger fullness yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally see that you know what I'm talking yeah. about okay I was like I was like <laughs> oh, no. oh no what what have I said okay no, okay no. good yeah so that was our little what's intuitive and not I'm sure we'll do another one of these um chatty things or oh, probably okay. another thing of death yeah. intuitive eating I think especially at the end of this series I'm hoping we'll get quite a few questions about intuitive eating so if you have yeah, any questions same. please email us um everything's in the show notes like our email and um our website so you can post um questions on there or even just message us on instagram and then we can save them thank you so much for listening to this episode of dieting gone bad 
So all information can be found in the show notes. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Diet and Gone Bad Pod and subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you soon. And remember, dieting has gone bad. You okay? Yep, cool. Hold on, I need to have a drink because I've got uh, rice cake in my mouth. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yummy, yummy.